What is up, you guys, and welcome back to the Maker Made Podcast, episode 21. What you guys don't know is that I just randomly started this episode, and Doggy was probably not prepared, but I did it anyway. 21, baby. Let's get it, dude. Crack open a cold one, kick your feet up, or whatever else you like to do while listening to the podcast, because it's underway. <laughs> nice, man. How was your week? So good. Really. Honestly, I... Wait. Episode 21 recording on june 21st make a oh wish my gosh, 21 dude. 21 baby and it's a legal God. drinking age of finally well that's the whole reason for the beer thing but cool cool cool, 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 cool. <laughs> okay glad we were on the same page cool 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 uh but uh things are good man it's been a great uh last handful of days very good weekend in terms of productivity as well as uh life you know uh played a lot of golf I actually played two rounds of 18 holes on saturday which was uh oh very unexpected it was very spur of the moment and a lot of fun with a couple buddies but uh i survived two on saturday alone yeah, it was brutal oh shoot me shoot it was me. a lot but well <laughs> you want to what's really funny is i played so, probably my best round of my entire life on saturday morning i got my first eagle for anyone who knows about golf do you even know what that is doggy yeah 200 par E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles, Eagles, boy. Uh, so that's really exciting. And then we just we went to lunch afterwards, and we were like, yo, we should jump on this really cheap tea time at this course just down the street. And we were like, oh, like we can't do it. We can't do it. And then all of a sudden, we did it. <laughs> so we... Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I did we, it. <laughs> we sparked up a few cigars, had a couple drinks, and the rest is history. I played a horrible round, the second one around, which uh, I should have expected, but um still had fun you know it's all that matters and then uh that's important yeah sunday was pretty chill and then just been grinding since the week started today's been a lot of uh office work yesterday i spent a lot of time working on the laser trying to get that back up and running that's been a big headache to be honest with you but hmm. we're figuring it out explain explain it what's what's been going on so, with well, it? The, sorry let me back up the laser's perfect the laser works perfectly like you'd expect uh it's the chiller that i'm having an issue with which arguably is kind of the heart of the machine because that's what keeps the laser tube cool and you need to keep the laser tube cool if you want it to or else it'll overheat and the lens will burn or the laser will burn well, out. Well, you can burn out the tube, which is like literally where the laser is created. And then the tube, you know, okay. there's mirrors that beam it down to where you're cutting or engraving or whatever. So it's very important. But the chiller wasn't working. Uh, the fans weren't kicking on that keep the uh, compressor cold, which keeps feeding uh, cold water to the tube and fl flushes mm -hmm. through it, um, which is a big problem. So I talked to the manufacturer and they determined it was an issue with the fan units itself. They have like two little six inch fans in it. So they sent me out some new ones came early, which is great because it's coming from China. Um, it was supposed to take like mm. 10 days. It only took like three or four, maybe five. So that was a big win. That's not bad. At no, all. but it came in and I didn't have time to throw them in right away, which kind of sucked. But I cleared out some time the next day. Put them in. It was pretty easy. Uh, it's a kind of a tight, confined space. So I got all kinds of little cuts on my knuckles and burns and stuff, which sucks, but small price to pay. Um, I go to fire it up, thinking everything would be fine. Uh, turned on. Everything was good. I started doing my happy dance, and then psh, the uh, fuse popped, burned out. Talked to the company again, determined that it's probably some kind of issue with the wiring harnesses and whatnot, which I am very not in 
tune with. I don't know how to do all that stuff. So it's been a bit of a process. I haven't really wanted to mess with it too much. Um, but hopefully this week I'll have some more time to dive into that a bit better and see if we can figure out the issue. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So, well, not nice, but <laughs> it seems like you have a plan moving yeah. forward, which is good. my best at least. Half the battle. What about you, brother? How was your uh, past handful of days? Good, man. I, uh, Friday, like 2 a.m., I left for Pensacola, Florida. And thanks to you, I had my sword. If people, the listeners can't see it right now, but I'm carrying my sword. Uh, I was in a uh, part of a, a wedding for a friend of mine from Monterey. What is that sword all about? I don't really, I still don't really understand. It's like a, it's a ceremonial thing. Yeah, a ceremonial thing. Um, but for a lot of weddings, it's tradition. Um, after the ceremony, everyone goes outside and we march out and we make like an arch with the swords. <laughs> And as the couple comes up to you, you lower the swords and you have to say like the price for passage is a kiss. They kiss and then you raise the sword <laughs> and then they walk to the next one. The next set of swords comes down. That's um, great. And then the last guy or girl, whoever's in the sword arch, like slaps the bride's butt as she walks by and says, welcome to the Navy. <laughs> um, but that one, that, that tradition is dying quickly uh, in t- today's uh, society. Weren't but, you at the end? Um, yeah. I think I saw... I was a second. Oh, I, th- I thought I saw you in the end yeah. in the clip. That's funny, though. <laughs> for those that don't know, I lost my sword for two years. And when I was packing up in Monterey, Ty found it. So <laughs> ironically, um, in a set of golf clubs. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Um, so no, so no woodworking this weekend. It was all in Florida, which was awesome because that was where I lived for two years. That's where I first started uh, messaging you and, and getting to know <laughs> you uh, was when I lived in Florida. So it's cool to see some of those old uh things that haven't changed um see the place where i lived for two years and but now i'm home i actually got some woodworking in um yeah, you made yeah i did some oiling on a charcuterie board uh, i finished up those cross uh, wall art decor thingies and i'm waiting for a piece to come in for a uh for my 220 power cord so i can use my table saw and jointer and then once i get those done it's going to be cutting boards popping out so <laughs> those cross wall art things were those uh ordered or just making for upcoming markets i think being in the bible belt those will go well in the craft fairs and markets um they're very cheap to make so i figured um like 60 bucks maybe 70 bucks each um at the most and when i do get a laser or when i do get a working laser uh engrave like a bible verse or something on there um and, oh yeah you know, raise the price a little bit That'd be a good one uh, but no so uh yeah those weren't were not commissions but i figured uh it would be a good little little sale hopefully item. right i mean shoot <laughs> i can't really i don't have enough room to take on any more inventory <laughs> at this point so i so much i actually need to go through it and see what i just need to somehow ditch or get rid of i have like 15 of those beer flight ones from you the redwood uh cutting mm-hmm. ones whatever charcuterie board i might drill holes and make them bar- beer flights uh, i'm just not sure how to mark them. oh you I, mean I you, you mean you have them yet. like without the holes drilled in them already it's just like the the board yeah, itself just like charcuterie gotcha. board yeah and i just don't know what to do with them do i take them to a local brewery and try to sell them do i that'd be a good idea yeah so i just i'm still unsure on that and i have so i have so much inventory <laughs> um 
So I need to figure out what to do with that moving forward. Well, that'll be fun. I mean, I hope ideally find a customer, but I mean, if they're not selling, they're not selling, <laughs> you know, I think that, I mean, the brewery would be a good idea. So I actually, the reason I made that template was for that reason. A brewery had contacted me wanting flight trays made. Um, they mm-hmm. ended up ghosting me or something. I think they closed down or something before we got the order in. Um, but I mean, it's pretty popular shape. They really liked it. Um, I know the template sells really well, but I think that, I think it'd be cool to do, you could kind of make it dual purpose by using like a Forstner bit to only drill like a half inch down oh, or something. I mean, I don't know if it would make that yep. much of a difference. Yeah. And then flip the other side and use it just for yeah, food. So it's kind of like dual purpose. People might like that. Might make it more uh, valuable. Yeah. I think I like that a lot, actually. I'll have to do that. I'll have to look into that and I'll let and you know. And you only owe me a uh, 20% commission on that. <laughs> <laughs> 20% commission. I'm going to be giving you like 10 cents. <laughs> uh, I have a question for you, doggy. Uh, kind of. I got kind of off the cuff. So when you're scrolling through Instagram, I know that you said that your content consumption has been down lately. Obviously, you got a lot of life stuff mm-hmm. going on. But what does it take for you to click the like button on a post? Are you just mindlessly scrolling and pressing just every post or is it only people you like or what? It, it doesn't take much. Uh, but if it's someone that I that I know and recognize pretty well and I think at this point, I follow sub 400 people, so I know most of the names and the people I've had conversations with, with the people I follow. Totally. So as long as it's not like a political post or something mm-hmm. like that, I'll like it. Like there's really, there's nothing against, I have no reason not right. to. Um, and then, but uh, to take that one step further, if I know you and talk to you regularly, like you or Charlie, um, Zach, Double uh, K Products, or like Ben from Lost Woods Nation or Lost Woods Creative, um, then I'll comment. Like if I know you and I speak mm-hmm. to you regularly, uh, then I'll comment um, and save it. In terms of likes, I give those out pretty freely. Those are like going to Oprah. Like <laughs> you get a like, you get a like, you get a like. I, I feel kind of the same way. I think that like kind of like you said, keeping our following or the people we follow a smaller group. I know we've talked about this on a full episode before, but it's so nice having kind of a confined group of people you follow and actually talk with and engage with and love seeing their content i think that's huge there's people who just throw up content to throw up content i'm guilty of it sometimes where it might not be the world's best mm-hmm. post but uh i like them as a person so i'll still like the post you know um and mm-hmm. i truthfully yeah, yeah. i think i every single post i see unless like you said it's like something political or something i don't believe in or silly then i won't like it but yeah. i pretty much like every single post and then the the big kicker the one that really is the true sign of engagement is comments. I think those are pretty valuable and mm-hmm. I definitely don't sauce those around to everybody, but I try to comment and support all of my good friends. And if you got a good, if you made a good video, I'm going to tell you, you made a good video. You know, if I really enjoyed it, I'm going to say, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And I don't know. Well, yeah. And that's the other part where if, if I like them a lot and I don't like the video, you'll probably be able to tell it in a comment. <laughs> That it was kind of like, uh, like wow, great work on this, <laughs> like, like you know, like but because I still want them to grow and I want them to get that into the algorithm and help them right. out, but I don't really, I'm not like you know captivated by the video right. at all. So it's it's just something to 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 help them out, even though the video is you know dumb. Right. And I think that I mean, <laughs> and especially if you're a smaller account, I think it is huge to try to make friends you know comment on people's posts 
get some engagement and hopefully they reciprocate it. You know, that's kind of, I don't want to say the goal, but it's definitely nice to get a reward like that. When you're engaging with someone, they engage back, but that does not mean to get in the whole follow for follow thing. Like don't follow someone. And if they don't follow you back, you unfollow them. Um, That's super lame and, and toxic for everyone involved. So definitely don't support that. Just want to make that super clear, but I was just curious kind of if you had a, a rule of thumb, I guess, when it comes to liking a post, because I definitely sauce those things around. And if I don't like your post and I see it, that means that it's really, there's something wrong with it one way or another. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a handful that I, I've just flashed past really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and the result of that is I either don't like that post ever, like those people's posts ever, mm-hmm. or I'll just be like, oh, I forgot I follow that person. Right unfollow like I, you know like and and that's not that's not supposed to that's coming off the wrong way it's not supposed to be like a like a punishment like your post was bad i'm unfollowing you. it's oh I, I haven't come across your post in a while and i don't get inspiration from your totally. post or i'm not buddy buddy with you so i don't need to clog up my feed with that shoot me a message and i go to your page i see some of your stuff followed mm-hmm. like cool i'm gonna if I get inspiration from you and it, it has nothing to do in my opinion with follows. There's one guy that followed me and shot me a message and he had like 300 followers, but his posts were incredible. And I was like, I need to follow this guy because I need to see this stuff on my page and get some, some tips and some inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a hardwood flooring guy. Um, and at the time I was, supposed to move into a floor with hardwood floors. So, or into a house <laughs> with hardwood floors. Um, and um, was like, well, this is going to be really helpful moving forward if I have this resource. So um, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, we're getting a little off track. No, I yes. mean, that, that's, that's definitely, it's kind of where I wanted to go with it. Cause I think I, I forgot to say it, but inspiring content is huge. Like stuff that you want to make or aspire to make or, someone who you who makes you strive to be better whether it's a being a better person or a better maker better content creator better builder better woodworker better painter better epoxy artist better whatever you know that's kind of huge mm-hmm. something that like uh, something that has always given me really uh i don't want to say engagement but something that's given me a lot of positive feedback is whenever I post about like my cornhole boards where I make my own stain colors. Mm-hmm. That's something that people find yeah. so interesting. And it's funny because I follow an account, Moose Boards, shout out to him. I know he's not really doing a ton right now, but I wouldn't have learned that tip if I hadn't been following him. You know, I never would have done yeah. anything like that. And now I've sold over 200 sets of cornhole boards. Are you kidding me? That's it's yeah. stupid to say, but it's kind of like all credit to him, you know? Uh, moose Boards. I think I follow him. Yeah, I'm sure you have. I've definitely sent it to you before. He is extremely talented. He comes up with really sick designs, and he doesn't even do it full time. He's just a rock star and sells a ton of boards. I think he took a break recently. I haven't talked to him in a while, but uh, he's always been super receptive to my messages. If I ever have any questions, he's just right on it. And for those of you who don't know, like what I'm talking about, um, it's I make for all my cornhole boards whenever I do custom designs on them. I tint my own stains. I use General Finishes gel stain, uh, usually the new mm-hmm. pine color, and I use Mix-All colorants to dye it, whatever color I need. You know, I can do all kinds of reds and blues and greens and pretty much any color on the rainbow. Um, and I learned that all from him. He's been super helpful. I know there's tons of other cornhole board makers who make their own stains and stuff, but 
super cool. And that's just one example of uh, an inspiring person to me. I mean, it's countless how many people have inspired me in one way or another, but that's just one that's really stuck out and has literally built my business, you know? Hey, let's, uh, do you want to talk about that? Cause I need to look at, uh, I'm going to make some American flags, um, for the future markets. Do you want to talk about some, uh, tint colors or color tints and how to do that? Yeah, absolutely. Because I need red, white, and blue because America and need some input. And I also already bought some stain and I can go make it better uh, with some advice. Yeah, so actually, when I you want to talk about it on the show right now? Did you have something else you'd rather segue to? No, or I mean, can we... I mean, we got nothing but time, but yeah, I'll do whatever. Do it. Yeah. Uh, so I used to make a ton of American flags. I don't know if you remember. I haven't done yeah. I haven't done like a normal strip yeah. one in a long time since I got the CNC. But uh, that was another huge uh, item of mine that sold a lot, especially around holidays. But uh, for those. I actually used, uh, you can go to like Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever and buy tintable stain and have it tinted there. Mm-hmm. I haven't done that in a really long time. I don't know if they still have the good colors that I needed. Gotcha. But that's a good option. But if you can, I'm not sure what stains you already bought, but I would probably nowadays go with uh, the mint or uh, General Finishes gel stain. It goes on so unbelievably nice and smooth and even. And then having the ability to make exactly the color you want is just freaking awesome. Did you have any questions in particular? Or? Do you know the, the the names of the colors that you picked for those, or or not off the top of your head? Um, for the when I would get them at Lowe's, I'm looking up general finishes right now. Um, oh yeah, so they've got a universal color thing on Rockler for the the mix all colors. Do you just buy like the sixty dollars set, and you just how many drops do you put? to get red for an American flag, like basic, basic stuff like that. Yeah. So f- first off, I don't know if you learned this same uh, rule of thumb in elementary school that I did, but one drop does a lot <laughs> and it definitely applies with uh, the colorants. Uh, you can always put more in, but you can't take more out. So it really only needs a few drops. You know, every once in a while, you might do a little aggressive squirt just to, it also depends on how much stain you're mixing. Cause I usually do a small portion at a time. Um, but definitely just a few drops does it. And the mixalls are just so, they can be so vibrant. It's so fun to play around and just make it exactly the way you like it. Okay. And then, so I'm looking at build.com. They've, it's their general finishes line that they've got listed here. Is there a tintable stain on here or do you buy like white and you, you tint it to a certain color? Yeah. So I get the, I have, there's like three basic, uh, general finishes, gel stain colors that I get. And that's white, new pine, and Java. Those three kind of cover all the bases for what colors I can turn them into. Um, and it's just, but new pine is kind of like a lighter brown, super light brown. Java is a very deep brown, and then white is white. Um, there's no, there's mm-hmm. no specific like tintable one because they're all tintable. Um, but new pine is pretty much what I start with for every color, and then you know you just kind of have to tap into your. Uh, art teachers lessons that you probably didn't listen to back in the day. Did you, did you like have art class in elementary school? Cause I definitely uh, did. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Okay, cool. Cause I, I, that was my, that was my favorite. That was my favorite class. I do. I loved art. Art was so much fun. Me too. I had a really good teacher who made it so much fun. And I, it ironically, whenever I mix these, uh, stains i always think back to the color charts and the color wheels and all that stuff that we learned because there is a science behind it you know so let's uh i'm, I'm trying to think here so you buy say a gallon of like the white right because it's tintable mm-hmm. 
and you need to do an American flag and you only need a Dixie cups worth of red. Do you just pour a little bit into there, yep. drop a few drops in and go from there? Dude, this is awesome. I'm learning, you know, you learn something new <laughs> every day. This is pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And for those that maybe think that this was like a perfectly timed question and segue, this literally just came off the top of my head um, as we weren't talking here because that was something, because I think it's like $16, uh, $16 at Lowe's for a quart of stain, tinted stain. And um, but if you could buy a gallon of it for 50 and tint it to every color you want, it's the same sheen. It's the same everything. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about that at all. Um, this is actually very helpful. I wish I didn't spend $150 at Lowe's <laughs> yesterday. So you bought the water-based stuff or is the oil-based? I did. I, it was, I think it was water-based. I love the water-based oh, yeah. things. Dude. Yeah, whenever you can avoid the oil, it's always better, especially with that stuff. And I, I use water-based for that because I got the colors I wanted. But like I said, nowadays, now that I know what I know, I would definitely go with the uh, General Finishes Gel Stain because you've used Gel Stain before, haven't you? Oh, I love Gel Stain. It's so nice, dude. It spreads so well. And it gives you just enough time to wipe it off. Uh, like the other stuff, sometimes if you leave it on too long, um, you get some dis, you know, discoloration yep. and all that, all that jazz that you don't like. And then to kind of go back to answer your question about the whole mix-alls. So most stores, I think you said, did you say you saw that on Rockler, the website? That was Rockler. Okay, yeah. so yeah, Rockler, they carry it. Woodworker Source carries it. And there's it's on Amazon and online as well. Um, you can get all kinds of these. There's these little bottles. They are. Oh, I'm on the, I'm on Rockler. There is colors one through 12. So 12 different colors, $65 and they are 20 milliliters, um, 20 milliliters to ounces is about half an ounce. So it's like half a shot. Gotcha. Okay. So, and then, I mean, they're not like dirt cheap i guess it might be a little hard of a pill to swallow at first especially if you want to buy a bunch of different colors um i know they have a deal if you buy a set of them but you can very easily just buy one color at a time as you need it you know like doggy said he needs a a red and a white and a blue you could buy a white gel stain and then you can make your own for the blue and the red that'd be super easy Um, and then it's all about kind of just tweaking it you know it's a it's a learning process like i said there's an art or a science behind making the colors you want but the best way to do it is to just do it take a little sample out i use uh, my favorite things to use are the little protein scoopers you know like when you're done with the protein Mm -hmm. scoop and i just i use that and i scoop it out of the clearly you can tell that i you know drink a lot of protein But I use those protein scoopers to scoop out just a little portion of the normal stain, dump it in a solo cup, like you said, a few drops of a colorant, mix it up, put it on a test piece. Make sure you use the same material that you're going to be actually applying the stain to for your sample piece. And then you'd be like, oh, it needs a a few drops of black or a couple drops of white to kind of make sure you get the the shade properly lined up. Mm -hmm. And then it's it's a lot of fun. It's not that hard, especially now I kind of have it down down pat i know exactly how many drops and blah 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 blah. i don't measure it but it's kind of you just measure with your heart you know <laughs> well that's what they say it's an art and a science like there's definitely a science to it but there's also that little like flair that you just gotta wing it you just gotta, you just feel gotta it. do it you got a feeling process it's like when i asked my mom for like a recipe like hey mom i want to know <laughs> how you make the lasagna and she's like i'm an eyeball chef <laughs> like i just you know i don't use a recipe it's like that doesn't help me. Like I'm asking for help. She measures with her heart, um, dude. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, so things like that. Yeah, so that's, I mean, we definitely <laughs> took that much further of a tangent than we anticipated. But, I mean, that's the truth, man. That's a fun way to make your own stains. And people love, you know, obviously when I go post cornhole boards for sale, I put, like, no paint, no vinyl, custom hand-mixed stain. And then they're like, oh, so, like, what kind of paint do you use? And I say, nope, no paint. It's all stain. And I mix it all myself to the exact color that I want. You know, I have kind of a sample palette that I've worked up, and they really like that. Yeah, man. I Cornhole boards, they sell so easily, especially this time of year. Um, you know, people actually, what is it, June? Graduation parties are well underway. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't get a lot of enjoyment out of them. And uh, I've done a handful of sets, maybe six or seven total. I think if I were to get that down a little more, that process down, Pat, I would market them. Yeah, my fear would just be getting someone reaching out to me every week for a new set of cornhole boards. I'm like, <laughs> no, no. Um, I like making them, dude. I think I just, it's kind of like you said. Like I have a really my shop is. I love the production stuff. You know, whenever I can make twenty yeah. of one thing, I love to do it. We talked about uh, that table order I was working on, where they ordered mm-hmm. twenty at a time. Um, yeah. that's my preference and that's kind of the, the style woodworking I like is the production stuff. So yes, I'm, I'm on board with that, but I, I don't like the production of cornhole boards personally, <laughs> um, like th- those items specifically. And I think, um, I don't know. I just, I think if I had a way to customize them, everybody always wants like, Oh, we want a Memphis Tigers or the Grizzlies logo or something. So, well, okay, I'm not doing that. Like I, <laughs> I probably could figure it out, but I'm not going to do yeah. that. Um, well, you don't have that. You but, don't have that big of a vinyl cutter, which makes your life a little harder. You know, I got all those tools kind of at the tip of my fingers. So like we said, it's, it's all yeah. about how it's set up. You know, you're not really set up to do that kind of stuff. So you don't like doing it. It makes sense. So it's the process exactly. you don't like. You don't have like a vendetta against cornhole boards or anything. It's just the process. You don't have a good one in place, right? Well, even well, maybe that's even a lie. I think I can build them. I can build them like crazy. It's the customization of got them it that I don't do. So if you want like stripes, zigzags, I'm all for it. <laughs> I got you. Uh-huh. But the minute you want like a Harley Davidson logo, if it's more than five and a half inches wide, <laughs> sorry, that's gonna, that's a no for me, dog. <laughs> My cricket cutter only goes five and a half inches wide. Oh, dude. Which, ironically enough, the cornhole board set I made for that Navy couple in San Diego. Oh, those are sick. It had the ships on mm-hmm. it. Yeah, the ships were only like, there was three ships on them, on it. And it was only three inches or five, four inches tall on each of them. So my cricket cutter worked perfectly for it. Um, but other than that, yeah. I mean... It, I got my shirt logo. Oh, you can't see, but Doggy's showing off his booby right now with his logo on it. I've been lifting. I've been doing a lot of chest. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, which I would say I'm happy I didn't get the bigger vinyl cutter. Because um, I haven't had a, a situation where I've been like, I need a bigger vinyl stencil. Hmm, it sounds like you kind of just said that you need a bigger vinyl stencil so you could personalize these cornhole boards, but you just don't want to do it. I don't like doing okay. that, but I don't like okay, doing that. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. And I, 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 I hear you, and I support any decision that you make, but you could market plain cornhole boards. Any decision? I could be a serial killer, and you'd support that? Any decision I make? I would. Any. Ride or die, brother. That was a blank check. Ride or die. <laughs> Ride or die. Ride or die. 
but seriously, um, so hold on. Let's uh, we've been we've been hard on the name drops late, lately with people and companies, but uh, I'm gonna do another one right now. Mountainside Workshop. We just talked about him. Shane, fantastic guy. Oh yeah, he got hot when he lived in Washington. He was he was doing more cornhole boards than I normally do, and he did nothing but. You know, I think he got into the point where he did like a triangle type thing, you know, where he painted the top corners in, in a triangle fashion, mm-hmm. but he would just order vinyl stickers and just slap them on the boards. I think he did, uh, he got really, what's a, what's a sports team? Oh, Seahawks, the Seahawks out in Washington. He sold a ton yep. of those things and all he did was just slap a vinyl sticker on them, you know, makes a nice solid set of boards. And then poly over yeah. it and yeah. That's something you could do. I mean, there's nothing really wrong with that. I personally love. I mean, I've I've played cornhole a lot. I've played in a few tournaments. I'm not fantastic, but I love doing it in the backyard, and I love friendly tournaments when they're around. But uh, I know what it's like to play on those vinyl wrapped boards. The boards just are so slippery, you know. And that's kind of the big thing. Uh, exactly. Light speed. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. So I know my preference and I know most of the people that I play with don't like a super slick board. So when I started making boards, I kept that in mind when I was making them. So I want them to be, I want myself to enjoy them as well as the people who I make them for, you know? So that's why I don't do vinyl wraps. It would be so easy to do those. And, you know, there's so many people in my area who sell vinyl wrapped boards and do just fine. Mm -hmm. But I get those clients who are like, I don't want vinyl wrapped boards. I don't want them to be super duper slick. I want them to be a proper yeah. playing surface. Yeah, semi gloss or matte or something like right. that. Um, speaking of cornhole boards, there's a maker that I look up to, and I think we've talked about uh, before. Uh, someone I looked up to a, a lot that did an all epoxy cornhole board. Oh gosh. It, it, no, this is like someone that we've we've both talked about. I know exactly what you're we talking about. Fa- yeah, I wasn't trying to name drop because I didn't want to like rag on. Oh, him. dude, that was the ugliest cutting board, or that dude, that was the ugliest cornhole board I've ever seen in my life. I didn't know you were going that direction. I thought you were going to compliment him. That's why I said no. It. Well, it's like it's it's impressive, like like how he got everything together. But I put a cutting uh, charcuterie board. It was in the garage in the sun, and it warped in a matter of two hours. Yeah, I, I don't know. How is that thing going to determine? How is the thing going to hold up in the sun? Well, or in the. I feel like he had to have made it for a client. Like it, it had to have been like. No, that's for him. Oh, I looked at I looked at the comments, and he was like, someone commented about something, and he's like, oh, we're hoping to have this forever. Mm. And I was like, what? Really? There's like moss and like plants in there. Yeah, it, <laughs> that's that what, was that's like, it looked like it was like two inches thick on top too, right? He said he didn't expect how heavy it was going to be, and he thinks he's going to have to put wheels <laughs> and like a handle on didn't it. Didn't expect how it. heavy it was going to be? What did you expect? <laughs> that dude makes ginormous but, furniture too. He should know how much stuff weighs. Yeah, and I, I really I, I hope you cut the name out, um, but uh, I'm gonna have to get creative with that because I I love this guy with a passion and I would uh, I'd actually like to have him on the show to be honest with you we kind of a uh, yeah. little sidebar for those of you listening we got some exciting stuff lined up that we can't talk about just yet next episode next episode off air offline 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 yeah. but we got some sick guests uh in the works so keep an eye out for that because we'll definitely be posting about it once we get the confirmation but uh, yeah this yeah. guy in particular that we're talking about we probably bleeped his name. Um, mm-hmm. not the type of guy I'd expect to make this decision. It's probably social media driven, you know, trying to clout chase a little bit, but 
Mm-hmm. I think that's about all we should I mean, talk it, about that. <laughs> yeah. No, no. And that's very. It was very well executed. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Like, gorgeous. Well yeah. I mean, they, he definitely did everything right, but it's just silly. It was just. It was just an. To me, it was an ugly idea. Tasteless. And yes. It was like, again, epoxy, like moss and plants and flowers casted in it for a an outdoor. Epoxy probably won't hold up in the sun, in the warmth or anything, especially in Florida. You know, I was just two hours <laughs> from his house. Like, it just it do- doesn't make sense. Um, and it could have been sponsored. The sponsor could have said, hey, I'll send you 10 gallons if you use five for this. And to me, okay, I'll be dumb for five free gallons. I hope that's the case. I hope that's the case. Yeah. But uh, so th- there's there's some considerations that you have to take into account. All right. I think that's, we should definitely change the topic after that one. Cause I mean, we might as well leave his name in at this point because everyone who follows him is going to know who we're talking about, you know? So, but, but I love you. I think you're a phenomenal maker. I've had several conversations with you. You're, you are an inspiration to me. You're one of my favorite accounts that I follow, you know, going back to our previous topic of the show. And I think doggy feels the same way. So uh, yeah. let's just end that conversation right there. And I think on that note, that's after dogging on the, uh, a maker let's go into uh spotlighting a maker on today's edition of the maker spotlight doggy i'm gonna sauce this one over to you drum roll please nick patia <laughs> i think that's how you say how it patia <laughs> nick patia from the working grain uh we've been friends with nick for quite some time now um but he was super active in our little friend group and our like chat group and all that stuff. Uh, and then he had his son, Jack, was born last year. And he kind of did a slow, you know, roll off of Instagram and to kind of focus on family. Uh, but he just bought a house. I think he's got a one car wide, three car deep garage. So like a, a deep garage, but narrow. Uh, and he's finally getting back into the garage. Um, so... Wanted to give him a shout out because he's a really cool dude mm-hmm. and, you know, great guy. You may have heard me talk about him on a previous episode. Um, he's a PT uh, and apparently he's, that's what was. Yeah, and he specializes in back pain. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, but yep. he yep. helped me big time with I, I, I had a back issue going on. If you go back to a later episode, you can figure it out. But uh, I literally couldn't walk for like two days and I have no idea what happened. And he kind of gave me a few exercises to work on, some tips and tricks on how to take care of it and remedy it. And it did just that. It remedied the issue. I got back on my feet. So he's also a miracle worker, if you didn't know that. And he is really an awesome dude. Fantastic maker. Like Doggy said, great friend of ours. We actually are planning a trip later in the year to a maker camp in New York. Is that right, Doggy? Yeah, I gotta figure out if I can drive up there first. Um, I don't think I can fly. Flights are so freaking expensive right now. Yeah, that's less than ideal. Um, but yeah, very good guy, good friend of the show, good friend of mine, good friend of the dogs, and uh, super pumped to pass this off to him. I guess. I mean, it's kind of uh, you'll definitely be seeing a post on the pod account for him to give him a spotlight in the true fashion because it's well-deserved and he's kind of making a little comeback right now. Is that what we're hearing on the gram? Yeah. So he just, again, he did his cool little Snoop Dogg garage <laughs> door open thing. Uh, so he's getting his shop opened and he's going to get out there more uh, now that Jack is one, maybe Sounds about older right. than one now. Uh, so kind of was able to get things settled at home before he, um, um, you know, 
moves forward, which is awesome, which goes to show how good of a dude is. He put his, um, you know, he put his, uh, his huge hobby on the back burner to like take care of the family. So, um, uh, good on you, Nick. Uh, but we're excited that you're back and we're excited to see your posts coming forward. Absolutely. Moving forward. But let's jump into a quick message from our sponsor, Grabo. Thanks so much for sponsoring today's episode. You're probably asking yourself, what is a Grabo? Well, I'll tell you. It's a portable electric vacuum lifter capable of lifting up to 375 pounds of dry, rough, and porous materials. Designed with professionals in mind, its ergonomics provide better grip and less fatigue when moving heavy objects. Works perfectly with glass, wood, ceramic tiles, metals, and many other materials. My favorite use is to tote around unruly sheet goods. If you haven't checked out Grabo yet, get on it. Thanks, Grabo, for sponsoring today's episode. Grabo, thank you. And then we're kind of getting into the uh, end of the episode here, but I had another question for you, Doggy, and we've briefly talked about this on past episodes, but I I, I don't know how else to like format questions when it's from me to you, but um, I will ask you this question, and it is, would you ever or would you be interested or entertain the thought of hiring someone, paying someone to edit your posts, whether that be YouTube, probably not on YouTube, but Instagram specifically, do you think that now that you're making money on Instagram, that it would make sense to invest in something like that? Um, what, what would kind of need to happen for you to, to entertain that notion? And would you ever? Um, right now, no. Uh, right now, I would be very anti paying someone to edit videos, um, just because I don't have a lot of content. Um, but I don't know, maybe like a per post, hey, here are um 10 video clips from this project mm-hmm. edit um go mush mush um, editor mush yeah really um so i think that would uh that doesn't sound so bad um i don't like filming is the part i don't like more than editing really so like if i have the film i'm just gonna edit it myself um but yeah if i get busy enough that would be really nice to have someone do that. Um, I just, I can't warrant it right now uh, with my posts, uh, like frequency. Mm-hmm. That just doesn't make sense. So um, where, where are you at to kind of piggyback off that question? Are you trying to stick to a quota with posting or are you kind of just like whenever you're making something, you'll film it or are you specifically not filming things or what's going on? You've definitely been posting lately, but how hard have you been killing yourself over it? That's probably a poor choice um, of words for it, but I'm curious. It, so you're talking about uh, like quota as in how many posts per week? Yeah. I mean, like, like we, we've both gone through phases where we post every single day. Like we're not missing a day. And I think now we both have tapered off, but you're still posting at least like three, four five times a week. Aren't you? Yeah. Well, I'm on the reels bonus. So that's the only reason I'm posting. Um, but it's not really doing much for me right now. Like the last post got me a dollar. Um, so I'm not sweating over it too hard. Um, but I do enjoy it because I like showing what I'm working mm-hmm. on. I just, at this point, it's not something that I'm going to break my back over recording and filming. I have a bunch of unedited clips on my computer, on my iPad, on my phone. If I really wanted to go through an editing phase, I could sit down tonight and edit six or seven <laughs> Instagram videos. Wow. Um, it just kind of comes down to me um, wanting to do that. Yeah, I I posted a story on Saturday morning at the wedding, 
of my I was in my all white uniform with my sword. Mm-hmm. And it said I, that caption said, spill on me and I'll cut you. <laughs> uh, and, it, and it got taken down. Oh, no. And then I had. Yeah, it got taken down for violence and incitement. Um, and then I had a, another two stories from like three years ago or posts, right. not stories uh, from three years ago. They got taken down for like violations or like copyright music. stuff. I was like, Instagram is out to get me right now. No, uh, that's actually, of been, course, I don't know if you've seen it around. Sorry to cut you off, but that's happening to everybody right now. Everyone's been getting. Those yeah, a strikes. lot of people are getting s- smoked with that. The only, um, uh, yeah, so, and then my last four posts have been about this cross wall art, and if there's one thing I learned, Instagram doesn't like anything Christian <laughs> uh, based, so, you know, I'm kind of in a slump with that. Uh, that kind of pairs with the attitude that I was talking about last week with housing falling through and this and that and the other, so uh, I just haven't been super motivated to get after it in there mm-hmm. in the first place. Uh, and when I do get into the shop and start working, I don't have the energy to do a bunch of different camera angles and this and that. I just kind of film what I can, throw it up on Instagram. If it works, great. If it doesn't, no big deal. Try again the next time. Yeah, I'm kind of not worried about it too much right now. I gotcha. If that answers your question, I think. Yeah. I, I would not pay for an editor yet. Um, back in January, if you asked me when I was making like 600 bucks a month on reels bonus, I'd probably pay someone a hundred bucks to edit stuff um, per post. But yeah. Oh God. No. I was gonna say, that's a lot. hundred bucks per month. I think they would be losing money on that one, but yeah. Um, something like that. What about you? Cause we've talked about it a lot for even the podcast, yeah. but talk about personal business first. Yeah. So I think that if I want to, establish a foothold back on Instagram. I think that's the only option I kind of have unless I were to bring someone on in another facet of the business, you know, like someone to handle customer communications, I guess. And then I could start Mm -hmm. paying more attention to filming and editing. I don't really mind setting up a camera and pressing record. Um, I'm actually surprised to hear you say that that's the part you don't like um, because I don't mind it at all. It's the editing for me. That is the kicker. Mm -hmm. Um, so, yeah. and I would totally hire an editor and I actually have in a few cases, doggy, I know you've actually edited a, I edited a video. Yeah. You've edited a video for me just to kind of see if it would be something that would interest you and you weren't really getting any shop time. So it kind of added up for a bit. Um, now I don't really think it makes any sense, but, uh, yes, if I could find someone who had an interest in that kind of, uh, art form, which is editing. Um, I would definitely love to, it's kind of a commitment too, cause you, it's, you can't just have anyone do it. You know, it, it would have to most likely be another woodworker so that they understood what your video was trying to capture because most yeah. people wouldn't know what's going on in the video and what should be kept and what should be cut and that kind of deal. You know, cause like you said, if you send over 10 little clips to someone, they're going to be pretty confused with what's going on there. Yeah. And yeah, I think that goes uh, kind of leans into the next point with the podcast in general too. Like, oh, can we have someone edit this? Mm-hmm. So having like an editor for the podcast, would they be sitting in here in the room with us the entire time in the in the podcast studio and cutting out things that we mention we don't want cut in or cut <laughs> out uh, names that we want out, names that we want in, awkward pauses, ahs, ums, uh, stuff like that, mm-hmm. where. 
do they understand our intent for what we want it to be? Um, and that thing that goes for the Instagram videos too. Like, do, do I know what you want to be seen? Mm -hmm. I would say if you sent me 10 videos to edit, I could probably edit them in a way that would not upset you. Right. It may not be how you would do it, but it would be, it would, it would survive. It would, it would do okay. Right. Um, but would like a, some random person be able to do that? Yeah, I don't, I don't think, so. think so. Not someone off the street. That's why I said for sure you need another woodworker to be involved or whatever, you know, business you're trying to be in. That person would have to have a good understanding of the business as well. Yeah. If you, 100%. which is a lot to ask, you know, how do you find someone who loves to film videos and just happens to be a woodworker? You know, like you're not going to pull anyone just off the street doing that. So mm -hmm. to be someone you teach, I don't know. Um, I thought about having one of my guys that I brought on to help me in the shop learn to do that, but it would take, yeah. it would be too hard to teach him what I want, you know? So, uh, Sandlot Creative Code, Dan over there, he edited a handful of videos for me actually and did a very good job. And then I was super impressed mm -hmm. with it. But in the long run, we realized it, uh, the budget I had set forth, uh, didn't align with, you know, how much time it took and he didn't see necessarily the best value in it, which is understandable, you know? So... I mean, it's tough. It's 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 uh, an interesting game. It's an interesting thought. And even kind of going back to, you know, no Joe Schmo could do what we do. Um, and that's kind of going into giving up creative freedom to what you want because you couldn't just yep. constantly request like modifications to the video and that kind of thing. So definitely you're stuck with what you get. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I should see if Haley will start editing videos for me. She has a pretty damn good understanding. Oh my god, that's such a good idea. Why did I not think of that till just now? You're dumb. <laughs> for those of you listening, Haley, that's my girlfriend. Here's her shout out. She's been asking for one for a really long time. Thanks. Love you, Hales. Hales, you're okay. <laughs> aggressively, aggressive. What's the, what's what did I used to say? Aggressively average. Yeah, aggressively mediocre or something like that. <laughs> no, but uh, that's actually a good idea, and I'm gonna talk to her about that tonight. Did we miss anything? We got the pretty much everything across that we wanted to, right? Maker Spotlight. We talked a lot about stains, which was good. Mm -hmm. I appreciated that personally. Um, Interesting thought. Did you have any more questions about that, by the way? We kind of skimmed over that. Did I kind of answer what you needed? It seemed like you genuinely were curious, which I appreciate as a co-host of this podcast. <laughs> but I didn't want to talk about it too much. No. So I think that was that was helpful that you could buy like a gallon of the general finishes white yeah and then you just take little bits out of it for what you need as opposed to going to lowe's and buying eight different quartz right already tinted at that color mm -hmm. like you can tint and play and then if you if you get some red or you get some orange and it's a little too yellowish you just put a drop of red mm -hmm. and you just deepen it up in your little dixie cup yep. you don't have to tint the whole gallon totally uh, so i think that is a huge takeaway um and I also want to clarify, yeah. you don't have to buy a gallon of the base stain that you want to work with. I I buy, I don't know, is it a gallon that I buy? It might be. Um, but I started off doing quartz. And I also don't mm -hmm. think white is the best base for most colors, believe it or not. Um, you actually kind of want to more so do, the new pine is by far the one that I use most often as a base. A new pine? Yeah, because it's a really light brown and you can super easy manipulate it to whatever color you want. I would recommend getting yeah, that add first. Add that to one to the cart. But I think that's all we got for today, dog. Is that fair to say? That's all I got. 
So this is kind of wound up to be a longer episode than we normally do. We usually keep it around 30 to 40 minutes. Um, I personally think that we could get to an hour. Um, it certainly helps when we have people who submit questions and topics and thoughts that they have. So we have even more things to talk about that we know people are interested in. So if you have any thoughts on the show, like please send it in. It could be you guys are doing a great job. You guys are doing a bad job, whatever. Or it could be a topic, a literal topic that we can yeah. have a conversation about on the episode. Um, another thing that I want to start doing is if you have something kind of going back to our follower conversation, if you have something that you made recently that you feel like you didn't get enough credit for or you didn't feel like had a broad enough uh, reach and you want us to talk about it, just send it our way and we'll talk about it. You know, maybe we'll share you on our story. Um, going back to our like maker spotlights and stuff, we've been actually getting a lot of traction over on the maker made podcast page, which has been really cool. Yeah, we have. And it's really exciting. I think we're crawling to 700 followers now, which, uh, we can't thank you guys enough for going to that channel and giving us some love. Uh, you guys are the best for sure. And then we still are planning a giveaway. There's, uh, some logistics we need to figure out, but keep an eye out. If you haven't already checked out our Instagram page for the maker made podcast, please do. Oh wait, I think I skipped over. My original question was, do you guys enjoy a longer format or a shorter format? Once again, very open to, uh, the listeners opinions, right dog? Yeah. Please let us know. I'm in, you and I have gone back and forth. I prefer like a 30 minute, like boom, you're in, you're out, you're good. Um, but I think we could also benefit definitely from uh, some longer ones where we get a little more in detail uh, mm-hmm. about what we're talking about. Uh, so I could go either way on it. Uh, but please, if you have some input, you like short ones, you like long ones, just message the podcast, Instagram, or one of us personally, mm-hmm. and we can talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know there's people out there who listen to the show. You know, I see the stats, you guys. Whether you like it or not, I don't know. But uh, I, we see how many people download this, and we're very yeah, thankful. Yeah, last week there was 1 billion downloads. Yeah, so. can you believe it? <laughs> I think this week we should hit 7 billion. So uh, <laughs> definitely would appreciate at least one of you guys reaching out and letting us know how we're doing. <laughs> you know what? Speaking of a times, billion listeners, I would like to... Uh, mention a fun little factoid about our show and the success we've had on it that being doggy can i get a drum roll please this one's huge you guys the maker made podcast is officially on the global podcast chart of all topics and all genres is ranked eight thousand one hundred and eighty five guys thanks so much we appreciate you being here and listening and giving that rating to us we love you we'll talk to you later peace peace thanks gravel for sponsoring today's episode